Hi everyone, it's Pepper Hernandez. I'm wanting to tune in with you to let you know that we now have a Patreon. I'm super excited. There's gonna be so much amazing content over there. And for just $5 a month, subscribers like you can have access to videos of past recordings, unreleased episodes, and even early access to future episodes. I'm really excited and I hope you are too. Thank you so much for supporting us so we can continue to create this amazing content. Go over to patreon.com slash Dr. Pepper Hernandez. I will see you over there. It's very important to know what is the variety because the golden teacher, for example, it's more gentle. It's a very friendly mushroom. The albino, on the other hand, is a bit more intense. So just start low and go from there and you can build on it. If you want a bigger experience, do a little bit more. There's no need to jump into it without already knowing the mushroom because it is a relationship and each variety has a different personality and a different way of really communicating and working with you. And, you know, like any relationship, you can't rush it. Oh, working it out, sometimes the feels can get me down It's not a surprise, my eyes light up when you're around I'm awake, beating heart, you know I know Gotta start making dreams, taking flight Gotta show the world it's gonna be alright It's gonna be alright It's gonna be alright Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. And now, join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking time to be present with us today. Our intention for this podcast is for each and every one of us to get one step closer to the highest version of our aligned self each day. The mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional components. Hi, everyone. I am here with Danielle. Daniel, she's the founder of Microdosing Humboldt. She spearheaded the decriminalization movement here in Arcata, where entheogens were decriminalized October 6th, 2021. I'm so excited to have you. I'm just thrilled. I have a ton of questions. Please say hello to our listening audience. Hello. I am excited to be here and to talk about microdosing. I love this necklace that you have on. What is this? Um, it is blown glass mushroom. <laughs> it looks like a mushroom. I thought it was like yeah. this blue blown glass mushroom, but I love it. It's absolutely beautiful. So Danielle, tell me a little bit about your journey. I'll be asking you quite a few questions. You can openly discuss them or you can pass any questions. Okay. I want you to feel completely comfortable. I love what you're doing here for our community. How long have you been doing it and what kind of got you started going in the, you know, fungal route? Well, I opened up to the community after decriminalization. 
but I was helping friends and family with microdosing a couple years before that. And how I got interested in mushrooms, well, I've been, you know, really experimenting with mushrooms since I was a teenager, but in a way to more escape my current reality. And in my mid-20s, about 11 years ago, I was taught how to really receive mushrooms and other entheogens in a way to heal and to get deeper within myself. And once navigating these realms and understanding healing on a deeper level and understanding different parts of myself, I really knew I wanted to help others. And so with microdosing specifically, I was all about the big doses of psychedelics. Big dose journey is really how I got to really deep places of healing. But with microdosing, I was in at Humboldt State University, now Cal Poly, but I was writing my thesis on mushrooms, on psilocybin mushrooms. And I was curious of, I wanted to get the voices of those who have been working with mushrooms long-term. What are their motivations? What are their experiences? And through these interviews, I heard so much about microdosing. And so I was curious and I actually thought it was placebo. I didn't think it actually worked. So I was started microdosing to prove, well, myself right. So it was really from the egotistical place. And after a month of microdosing, I thought it wasn't doing anything. And I stopped microdosing and I was on a walk with my dog. It was a very profound moment. I had an anxiety attack. And anxiety had been something I'd been working on for years. And it still had, wasn't one I had a handle on. And in that moment, it was like I had not had anxiety that entire month that I'd been microdosing. So after that, I started really getting serious. I mean, for one, just my you know, res deep respect of the mushroom and you know, my deepest apologies of not you know, taking it seriously. And so I was learning all I could about microdosing. I got a mentor who'd been working, guiding people for over 15 years. And I just started working on myself. That's really where you need to start. You know, you can take people only as far as you've gone yourself. And after I got to a certain point within my own healing with microdosing is when I really started offering to friends and family and helping people that were close in my life get off of SSRIs, um, witnessing people being able to get out of the depths of depression. And it was very profound. <laughs> and I got a deeper and deeper and deeper just respect and awe of this medicine and realizing how really intelligent they are. And once entheogens were decriminalized, I had the opportunity. Well, I never actually thought I would be opening up to the community. I am an introvert. But during a very, it was only a one gram experience with mushrooms. I was just trying out a new batch. I was shown so clearly that there's a lot of people that would really benefit from my guidance and would really benefit from my wisdom and really having that space held for them in order to start working with this medicine and feeling safe, because the safer you feel, the deeper you can go. So after receiving that message, the next day I built my website, which I have never done that before, but the website builders make it quite easy. And I opened up to the community and people started contacting me and, and here I am, so. What a powerful story. Thank you so much for sharing it. You said something that was just wonderful and expansive for our 
listeners, you can only take a person as far as you have gone yourself. That is such a powerful statement. Thank you for saying that. And thank you for being that person who steps into those places to be that light for other people. It's incredibly powerful and courageous. And what an honor to be able to sit and talk with you today. Those who are listening and not viewing this, you can't see this, but I'm going to explain. There is a lion, uh, lioness behind her in this huge painting. Um, It could be a tapestry of sorts with a jewel. It's all blue. The jewel is in the third eye. And it just, I can see it. You are that. That is you. That That's such a great painting. I'm, I'm taking away by it. But I would like to ask you a question before we move forward. Most of the audience, unless they've listened to some of the other entheogens guests or guides that we've had on our podcast, they may not know what the difference between a microdose, a macrodose, and what I've heard many times as a god dose. They might not know the difference between those three. Do you mind, as an expert in this field, breaking that down a little bit for someone who is curious in the terminology that we're using today on our interview? Absolutely. I'm happy to do so. Firstly, thank you so much for your kind words. And it is truly my heart's joy to be here and to be providing this service to the community. So yes, the microdose, it's very important to understand what a microdose is. Many people accidentally take over a microdose because there is so much information out there. And it really has to do with you and your sensitivity. If you are generally sensitive to medications or you're just a very sensitive person, your microdose could be as low as 0.05 grams. So that's 50 milligrams. I generally start my clients around 0.1 or 0.11 of a gram. So that's 100 to 110 milligrams. That's where a lot of people do really well. Some people are as high as 0.2, even 0.3. So 200 milligrams or 300 milligrams. It's very rare when you're at that high of a microdose, like someone like me, who's very sensitive, I would be hallucinating at that point. Um, But if you're at that high of a microdose, it's generally because you're on a medication that's making your tolerance higher. For some people, the SSRIs, SNRIs, and MAOIs can make you have a higher tolerance. That is not for everyone. I always suggest start low. It's better to start low and build up from there. If you are on trazodone, that's one that can make you have a bit of a higher tolerance. And kratom can make you have a bit of a higher tolerance, along with if you're on the spectrum. And again, this is not for everyone and start low. (laughs) For like a moderate dose, again, it really depends on you. I found a gram for a lot of people is always gonna be a pretty good time if you're wanting to go to a festival, if you're wanting to be social. When you start getting above two grams, you don't really know how it's gonna be. There might be some more self-reflection. It might be a little uncomfortable to be around people or to be socializing, you might want to be by yourself and meditate or, you know, listen to music or create music. And in the heroic dose or God dose, the large doses of where there is a potential of ego dissolution, an ego dissolution is losing all sense of who you think you are. 
it could be a very scary experience because your identity is slipping away, but it's also a very freeing experience. And you have the opportunity to really merge with one and everything and really feel and witness your interconnection. That could really range from three and a half grams for more sensitive people up to 10 grams. I get there around five to six grams, but it's no guarantee. The mushrooms don't always take you there. And, you know, I've had times where I've been really melted into ego dissolution and other times where I'm taking high amounts and I'm just generally uncomfortable and not getting to that, you know, place. And with this medicine, you never really know what's going to happen. And with those higher dose experiences, I always recommend having a sitter with you, having a guide with you. The biggest part of working with this medicine and getting into these realms of the unknown is feeling safe and knowing someone is there if you need anything, like water, someone holding your hand, someone just being there is very, very, very important. This is not work to do alone. It's not necessary. This is an illusion of our reality that we must do healing by ourselves. And actually, we heal as a community. We heal together. So, yeah. Thank you for that. And thank you for continuing to remind us to be cautious that not everything works for everyone. Everybody's different. This is obviously for educational purposes only. And I appreciate you for being here. Being in that same vein of education, I have always been super curious. And I love when I have an expert in front of me, I love to ask them about the different types of psilocybin the different types of mushrooms, because, you know, they're not all one kind, right? We think that there's just one kind that kind of helps us to meditate or helps us to get into those realms to reach our higher self or whatever you're using it for. But there are many of them. And so I'm wondering, do you happen to know the knowledge on the different types of mushrooms and not necessarily the how they affect people, because obviously they affect people differently. But even just like what we grow here in Humboldt or that's easily accessible in this community. And then that maybe will spearhead those people who are listening out of state or out of country to kind of do their research in their community and their area to find out what works best for them. But do you have any information on that? Yeah. So psilocybin cubensis is the one that's usually grown, cultivated. It's the easiest variety to cultivate. And there's hundreds thousands of different varieties. At this point, mycologists are creating, you know, crossbreeding. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but crossing just different types to create a new, a lot of it is more potent mushrooms. The cubensis used to be pretty equal with potency, but now it's sort of like the marijuana industry where it's like making the strains that are more, that's going to get you higher and higher. So that's what's going on right now with the cubensis. So that is why it's very important, one, to know if you're receiving cubensis, what is the variety? Is it the golden teacher? Is it the albino? What is the variety? Because the golden teacher, for example, it's been around for a very long time. It's more gentle. It's really great for someone who's new. It's a very friendly mushroom. The albino, on the other hand, is a bit more intense for someone who has had experience with mushrooms before. And it is going to be one gram of golden teacher is not going to be as strong as one gram of albino. So again, starting low with whatever and even batch to batch, there's going to be a difference in potency. And 
just start low and go from there and you can build on it. After an hour, if you want a bigger experience, do a little bit more. There's no need to jump into it without already knowing the mushroom because it is a relationship and each variety has a different personality and a different way of really communicating and working with you. And, you know, like any relationship, you can't rush it. And there are other varieties besides the cubensis, like the azurescence and the cyanescence, and they grow outside in the fall. And these ones are harder to cultivate indoors. You would need a refrigerator. A lot of people have patches out in their backyard. They like to grow on wood. And these mushrooms are, they're much more potent. And from mushroom to mushroom, it's not as consistent. Yeah. So that's all I have to say about that. Oh, I love that. And that's exactly in the direction that I wanted to go about the different varieties. And I have said that before on our podcast, that much like cannabis has different cultivars with different terpenes and cannabinoids that work with particular body systems. The same thing is true with all the other entheogens. And so I really wanted to dive deeper into that And if you have any more info on varietals that we should look for or we should know about, I would love that information. I'm thinking of one specifically, that penis envy. That's like, you know, that's one that I've been introduced to. But do you have any others? I mean, there's so many different ones out there. The penis envy, which I would like to rename to lingam love. It's a very wonderful mushroom, very psychedelic you know, start low with it, but it is a very friendly mushroom. It is one of my favorites. And there's so many just offshoots of that variety, Uh, like Melmac is one of my favorites. It's very energizing. I like to work with this one a lot with my clients. I usually work with either the Golden Teacher or Melmac. I don't want to throw too much in the mix because, yeah, like more simple is better in my opinion. But the Melmac is very energizing. So those who are really seeking energy, the micro amounts, kind of gives you that boost of kind of feeling like caffeine, but uh, more gentle (laughs) than caffeine. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different varieties, how they affect you. It's really just experimentation and trying different ones and which one really calls to you, which one feels the best for you. And it's really cool in this day and age because so many cultivators, they're doing varieties. They're not just doing large quantities of a single variety. They're doing the smaller quantities of having a bunch of different, like the tidal wave, the ODPE, just to be able to tell what are the different personalities, what are the different effects. Like for me, the ODPE is way too heavy. It makes me to where I can't walk and I don't like that. But other people love it and they can, you know, function on it just fine. So again, it really has to do with you, just your biological makeup, how the mushroom is really navigating in your body and communicating with you. And it all has to do with relationship. And I found personally, I like to build long-term relationships. So I like to only work with a few mushrooms instead of a whole bunch of different ones, just so I can get deeper with that specific mushrooms medicine. But, you know, however feels good for you. I like that thought. And also I've been thinking about creating that connection between the ancestral healing of maybe past generations of our lineage in location where maybe that mushroom grows to like really be connected even deeper. So for example, indigenous peoples of myself, I would look back at my father's history, Navajo Apache, where they were. And maybe like look into the mushrooms there. I mean, I I don't know. I go into those kind of thoughts. What do you think about that? 
I love that. I Don't think you? that is a wonderful idea. And I definitely encourage you to follow that. Yeah, well, I am. I am. And then, you know, just kind of hunting down the mushrooms, doing research on that, and then planning to go to my family's ranch in Mexico and spend some time. And, you know, I just think it's really fun if we really want to get connected in that way and also be really conscious about how we're using it and taking the time to invite that energy into our life way before taking it, right way prior. You know, I just spent two weeks in Taos and peyote ceremonies and you just are intentional with what you're doing and you know what's coming before it comes. And so I think just having that access. So thank you so much. I'm sorry, did I cut you off? Oh, I just wanted to just build on intention. Intention is very important when working with these medicines. And a lot of people kind of get confused on what is intention. How do you create an intention? And it's very simple. Your intention is just identifying what is your focus? Why are you doing this? Why are you showing up for this work? And your intention is, you know, the direction you're going in, but also having the openness to your experience. Sort of like if your intention is, I want to have peace of mind and you're feeling anger, going into that anger because within that anger could be your peace of mind. So not pushing away any of your experience that really bringing that forward and focusing on, all right, what in this is my intention? And along with the openness of your intention, it could shift from actually, it's not peace of mind, but really cultivating more patience. So yeah, it's all about intention and how we keep this in a place of a medicine instead of abusing a medicine, <laughs> really taking it into deep healing. And there are some people where it might not be the best fit. If you have schizophrenia, it's best to not be microdosing because if you get anything over a microdose, it can really throw you into another episode, creating more harm than good. If you are on an SSRI, SNRI, or MAOI, just being aware of serotonin syndrome, it's extremely rare, but still something to pay attention to. Serotonin syndrome is when your serotonin receptors are being flooded and you will know there's something wrong. You will be okay. But just some signs to look out for is dizziness, severe confusion, diarrhea. Yeah. So if that happens to you, lower the microdose or stop microdosing. There is another medication, um, lithium. So lithium actually can create seizures with some people. So just being mindful of that. And I'm just talking about the pharmaceutical lithium. If you have a heart valvular disorder, so psilocybin goes through your 5-HT2A and 5-HT2B receptor. So your 5-HT2B receptor is connected to your heart. So having that continuously activated through microdosing can over time harm your heart. So if you do have a heart valvular disorder, you can still microdose, but you're just going to want to do it more short term, maybe four to six weeks and take at least a month break. And always checking in with your heart. If something doesn't feel right, no matter how much you want to do this, you really need to listen to that. Also, if you are a colorblind male, for some people, it can create tracers. So just being mindful your first couple times to not be driving, to really be in a place that's safe, just in case you are experiencing those tracers. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate you. In just a moment... 
we're going to come back and we're going to ask you a few questions on how to use it and how you're going about really connecting with the clients that you do connect with and then how we can connect with you personally. But before that, we're going to give a shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much. And I think that you will too. We will see you in just a moment. Have you ever thought about getting a cannabis doctor's recommendation letter? You can. You can do that with LeafWell. Your doctor's evaluation would include a two-year doctor's recommendation letter, an instant PDF download, 24-7 online verification, and there's no in-person appointment necessary. You can do it all online. It's also HIPAA compliant, which means complete privacy. There is a secure payment method, and with LeafWell, you can get your cannabis medical card online in minutes. No matter what state you're in, if you would like to save $20 off, they're giving giving our listeners a $20 off promotional code, which is Dr. Pepper 20. That's D-R-P-E-P-P-E-R 20. Welcome back, everyone. Danielle and I had a nice little break, and we thought that we would share with you something incredibly important that Danielle brought up, and I am grateful for her to do that. It's about the common misconceptions of using this medicine in a way that may not be intended for us to use it, as in the outcome may not be what we expect it to be certain ways. Um, I shared with her a little bit about my journeys, and I would love to know, Danielle, what you have to say about that specifically. And then I might be a little nosy and ask about your journeys. What do you think? Absolutely. Sounds good. So, uh, yeah, a very common misconception about microdosing is that it's always going to be a good time. And it's going to be this magic, you know, little fungi that makes everything better, that makes your problems go away, that makes life so much easier. And it definitely does decrease depression, decrease anxiety you know, balance PTSD, OCD, ADHD, like really raising your well-being. But how we heal is things come to the surface. Those very things that we've been pushing away our entire life. And oftentimes this is very uncomfortable. And we've been taught in our lives to ignore, to push away, to pretend it's not there. But this medicine creates so much clarity, which is such a gift. But it can be painful. It can be painful to see those things that we didn't really want to see, but is necessary. And oftentimes the people I work with, they feel, oh my gosh, the microdose stopped working. Like I was feeling so good. I was feeling so happy. Conversations were so easy, you know, with my partner, with my family. And now all of a sudden it seems like I'm backsliding. And it's not so much that you're backsliding. It's that the medicine shows you where you can be. It really lifts you up. And then we kind of go back into the depths of where we are. And this medicine doesn't just bring things to the surface and abandon you. It brings things to the surface and helps us navigate through these things, having different perspectives and ways of seeing. It allows us the spaciousness to make choices. So when we're triggered, are we going to react or are we going to respond? And during the process of healing, yes, we are going to react. But this medicine allows that spaciousness for us to witness. And as time goes on, we will have that choice of responding 
and really interacting in new ways that we haven't done before. And it's all part of the process with this medicine. And that's why integration is so important. So what integration is, is taking the time for yourself, making, creating the time for yourself to really understand your experience. And then with that understanding, really applying things into your life in order to create true transformation. And that is why we're doing this to create transformation. But we really need to do those steps of integration. And integration really looks different for everyone. And it's all about experimentation. For some people, it's journaling. It can be meditation, breathwork, yoga, ecstatic dance, creating music, being in nature, you know, talking with others that understand to be able to get that reflection. So yeah. I love that. And can we like dial in more of the common misconceptions specifically? Because I think when as a naturopath and as an herbalist and transpersonal psychologist, I have clients and cannabis medical patients who come to me often asking about using cannabis or other entheogens. And I always like to echo exactly what you have said is the low and slow method do the research, make sure that it's being called to you specifically. This going down for a weekend to Santa Barbara and doing a God dose and coming back to work on Monday, that's not real. That's not what happens. That could maybe happen with alcohol weekends or even a cannabis weekend, but it's just not the same. And so I think that people who are just coming like, online, if you will, to utilizing entheogens in this very evolutional way of like growing as a spiritual human, they need to be aware of a couple small things. And what would you say those things kind of are? I mean, like what you already spoke of with the big doses, like this is a very this is what's kind of being told to us right now. Oh, psychedelics are the answer. Take one big dose and your depression will be gone. And I understand wanting to destigmatize these medicines. I understand that, wanting to open more minds. But what it's really setting people up for is the pharmaceutical, what they're doing, the pharmaceuticals of, hey, I tried this thing and it didn't work and now I'm broken. And the thing with working with these medicines, it is a commitment. It is more of a long-term thing. It's not a one or done if you're doing a big dose of whatever entheogen of your choice, that is the introduction. That is, okay, getting to know this medicine it is the very beginning of a very long relationship with this medicine and with yourself. And we heal in layers. And it takes a while to get through these layers. And again, back to integration. It's very, very important after a big experience, like taking a week, if you can, to really just create as much time for yourself as you possibly can to really allow space for those insights, for those realizations. After a big dose of a psychedelic, your brain is in a neuroplastic state for two weeks. So you have that period of time to really create those changes. And that's why I really, really, really support microdosing after a big experience, you know, waiting a week and then continuing with a microdose. So you continue that neuroplasticity because with a microdose of mushrooms and LSD as well, it's the same with the neuroplasticity. You have 48 hours 
of that neuroplasticity. So with mushrooms, it's in your blood for 24 hours. It's in your brain creating neuroplasticity for 48 hours. That's why I love the every other day protocol. You cannot be microdosing every day. Your body's going to grow a tolerance. That's another common misconception. Doing it every day, it's going to stop working after a couple weeks. But if you do it every other day, that makes it so where you're not going to grow that tolerance and your brain is in that constant place. And this is really where we're able to transform our lives because we have constant opportunities to integrate, to get triggered, to see how we react or respond to those triggers, realizing what we need to bring into our lives to really support ourselves. Perhaps it's more yoga. Perhaps it's having a very difficult conversation with a family member in order to really cleanse that energy and not hoard resentment anymore. <laughs> I love that so much. And I think you're definitely setting the space for our listeners who want to go into this world. The pre and the post treatment or care around a microdose session, if you did it for a month or however long, you'll tell us what you suggest to people who are starting. But, you know, just having that setup of, understanding, educating yourself, knowing that that's the right thing for you, finding it from a healthy, good, clean, organic source, like do all the work, do all that food work, right? Grow it yourself, you know, whatever you can do, whatever is legal in your state and country. I'm not telling anyone to do anything illegal. And then having that post therapy, what are we going to do after when our brain is in that space of, you know, kind of lucid area? Can we then implement NLP? Can we then implement affirmations and sound frequencies, really getting yourself together before and after? And that may be something that you're also doing. And maybe you could talk a little bit about that. But I want to switch for just a second, but come back to that if that's something that you do, because I really want to know, how do you use it personally? And how do you typically suggest it to clients? Now, I know everybody's incredibly different and that's your like kind of niche is like to figure that out for people mm -hmm. and help them guide them. But can you kind of touch on both of those, how you use it personally and who you're guiding and how kind of they're using Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. So my program is set up to be an eight week program. And the reason I am picking eight weeks is because by the time you reach eight weeks, you will know how the medicine is working for you you will understand what it is. A lot of people don't understand the, it takes work. It takes a lot of work. And you're not limited to those eight weeks, but I want you to at least try it for eight weeks. Most people only do it for about a month. In a month period of time, you don't always see a lot happening within that month, especially if someone is on medications, if someone is very busy and not creating the space for themselves, it's gonna be harder to notice those little, little tiny shifts. So I definitely recommend stay with two months. And if your intuition says continue, continue. If it isn't what you thought it was going to be, then don't continue. And that's the thing. Mushrooms is not for everyone. I really wish LSD was decriminalized because LSD is a wonderful medicine. Uh, when treated as such, it has been one of the most abused medicines out of all the psychedelics. And, you know, also like San Pedro, you know, there's a lot of different medicines that you could be microdosing. So if mushrooms isn't the one for you, experiment, investigate. Everyone is different. But for me personally, I've been microdosing on and off for three and a half years. This medicine isn't meant to be microdosing for long term. 
And that is why intention is so important. When you reach your intention, are you going to create a new intention or are you going to rest or how, what is your intuition telling you? But for me, why I have continued for so long is one, my intuition is telling me to, but two, as I'm working with others, I'm seeing more and more work that needs to be done with myself. And like I said before, I can only take others as far as I've gone myself. So that is why I've kept going and I take breaks. You know, I don't do it continuously. Breaks are extremely important. Having those resting periods, allowing yourself to really settle, see where you're at, what has changed permanently, what cycles are coming back, where are your triggers? I love that. Can you be a little bit more specific, if you can, about in the way that you are consuming that and the way that you're asking people to, as far as the actual physical portion, are you doing capsules? Are you choosing to do teas? Is it really up to the client that you're working with, whether they can consume it just on a cracker or in their smoothie? Or I'm sure capsules are the easiest way. And that's what I've seen mostly. But I love a tea. You know, so what are you suggesting? Yeah. So with my clients, how my program is set up to stay within the resolution that decriminalized entheogens and Arcata is I'm allowed to gift the medicine. So I fill the capsules by hand so I know exactly what my clients are getting. And in this way, so I can up the dose if they need it, down the dose if they need it, I need to know exactly what is in each capsule. I prefer capsules because... I mean, they're very, you know, accurate, you know, consistent. And when I grind up the medicine, it's more easily absorbed into your body. And in those capsules, it's airtight, so it preserves them. And some people have very sensitive stomachs. And if you have a sensitive stomach, it's creating nausea or just general discomfort. That's when I suggest, yeah, turn that microdose into a tea. It's really easy to do. Open up the capsule, put it into a tea sachet. Let it soak in hot, not boiling water, 15 minutes, two times. And then that's your mushroom microdose tea. Yeah, I love it that way because I personally can like handle it a little bit more gently throughout the day if that's what I'm wanting when it's an encapsulated form or whether I'm just going like handful raw, it can, you know, mess my stomach up if, you know, I don't want it. It also seems to digest differently. So when we're digesting through the digestive system, that's a different thing than an oral you know, tea or an under the tongue tincture or something like that. It's going to get into your bloodstream quicker. There's all these things. So a lot of those rules that apply in the herbal world, in the cannabis world, they also apply here in the mushroom world. So just letting people know that if you're consuming it in different ways, it will affect you a little bit differently because of the way that your body digests. With that being said, I know that our hour's coming to a close very quickly. And Danielle, you're amazing. I'm so grateful for you to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about the Decriminalization Act that did happen in Arcata back in 2021? Can you tell us about it and how that really opened it up for this community? Absolutely. So, What it did is making it to where police aren't going to be, they're not going to really look into people who are growing, gifting, gathering mushrooms. It really is excluding selling. Uh, You still, you're not allowed to sell mushrooms. Also, if you're under 21, 
that's not legal. And so entheogens as in beyond mushrooms, so cacti that contain mescaline, so like the San Pedro, the peyote, ayahuasca, which contains DMT, the shamanic brew, and iboga. So yeah, that really opens up access. It really opens up where people can safely offer these medicines and hold space, hold ceremonies for people to heal. And the main thing is not selling them, not being on school grounds, and not offering them to anyone under 21. And this is only in Arcata city limits. And can you give a list of those entheogens once again? Because I guess I didn't realize it encompassed all of those, which is very exciting. Yeah. So beyond mushrooms, uh, so cacti that contains mescaline, so like the peyote, the Peruvian torch, and San Pedro, (laughs) Um, ayahuasca, which is the shamanic brew that contains DMT, and iboga, which is a shrub in Africa. Wonderful. Thank you so much. A last little comment here or question, I should say, is who do you see coming to you as far as clients? Like, is it just all over the place of people who are needing help with anxiety and depression and mental health? I mean, what are you seeing? Who are you helping? It's really all over the place. I mean, those that work with me are just, it's divinely meant to be. Um, I've worked with those in the early 20s. I've worked with those in the 80s. A lot of people who are just done with the pharmaceuticals, they've tried for years and years and years, and it's not working and actually harming. A lot of people who have felt so much pain that they're ready to heal no matter what it takes. And I've worked with people who have never worked with any psychedelic before. It's a completely new thing. And I've worked with people who have worked with lots of psychedelics or who already have been microdosing for many years, but just want to learn the tools to go deeper with it and really being held accountable. Because I see my clients every other week and really having that time for those integration sessions are really important because weeks fly by. And many times when we're talking about the experience, things come, you know, up like a realization of, wow, I did not realize this until this moment. And so that's why the integration sessions are really so important to really allow that space to talk about the experience with someone who is not going to judge you, someone who is not going to put their opinions on you and someone where you're just able to be free and vulnerable to go into those places within yourself. So are you also helping people along the journey? Are you that babysitter that you spoke of? Or are you offering that as a service for people? Or are you just doing the post-integration portion? Are you doing whatever is called of you, depending on the vibrational frequency of the client that you're working with and what your connection is about? Yeah, definitely never, ever, ever a babysitter but really holding space for, you know, that vulnerability and holding space for people to be able to go into the depths of their own heart and understanding those pieces of themselves that they've always been scared to. A lot of my clients with the microdosing, I have an open text policy. So if anyone ever has a question at any time, I am there. I would rather them reach out to me than search for something on the internet because there's so much misinformation. And again, the safer you feel, the more that you know you're supported, the deeper you can go. And so the every other week check-in is really that integration support. If any of my clients want to go on a deeper journey, I am more than happy to hold ceremony for them. 
So I go beyond just holding space. For me, it's a very sacred experience. And there's a lot more going on here than just this physical realm. So yeah, for me, it's a very serious calling in the directions, angels, guides, all the helpers. But I only offer this to my clients who I have a relationship with, who they have a relationship with the mushroom. And, you know, those who I really feel like it would be a good fit. I don't say yes to everyone. There's certain things I'm not trained on, and I'm not going to put myself or anyone else in a place that's not going to be beneficial. I completely understand that. When people hear this and they want to connect with you, what is the best avenue for them to do that? Yeah, my website is microdosinghumboldt.com. So M-I-C-R-O-D-O-S-I-N-G-H-U-M-B-O-L-D-T dot com. And then my email is the same, microdosinghumboldt at gmail.com. You can contact me through my website or, you know, through my email. That's my preference. Okay. Well, we have learned so much with you today and I appreciate you for being here. I look forward to seeing you in town. So thank you for taking the time. An absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so much fun. I want to tell you how much we appreciate you for making time to be on the show today, helping all of us to get one step closer to our highest aligned self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies, to our audience. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Thanks for listening, and let's make this your very best life ever. Bye.